Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by football writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at ypsport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Yorkshirepost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by football writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall. Good morning, Leon. Morning. Morning. So, uh... This week, uh, let's start uh, in the Premier League with Leeds United, who recorded their first win under Javi Gracia in a tense relegation battle against fellow strugglers Southampton. Um, The win was Leeds' first victory in the league since the 5th of November uh, and took them out of the bottom three. Um, And then in a break from league action, the Whites travelled to Fulham in the FA Cup and fell to a 2-0 defeat. Um... What did you make of the two performances and where do Leeds go from here, Leon? Yeah, I think when obviously in an in an ideal world, Leeds would have would have would have won on Saturday and progressed on Tuesday night. But I think when push comes to shove, if if you'd have asked Leeds United supporters if they had to pick a win from either of the two games, I think the the head would have ruled the heart really, wouldn't it? And and they'd have gone for the the game against Southampton, such a huge game, wasn't it, Mark? I mean, um, for all manner of reasons, really. Obviously, Javi Garcia's first first match in charge came off the back of a of a stinking result and performance, really, against against Everton. So, I think I wrote in my match preview, really, I was struggling to think of a, a more important game in Emmett Ellen Road for probably the best parts of a of a year, and it was. Yeah, it's just one of those one of those days you, you you often get them at this time of of the season as we're coming up to the running. You know, teams at the top, teams at the bottom, where it, really the performance. Well, it's not exactly it's not totally secondary, but you know, the result is the is the important thing. And, and Leeds Leeds found a way, and they found a way deservedly so. I uh, I covered that game on on Saturday, and I thought that Southampton were pretty. Unambitious and, and timid, which was surprising, really, because they've obviously come off the back of a, of a great result at, at Chelsea. Expected a little bit more for them from them, but I suppose in some respects, glad not to to, to see uh, any of the of the good side, really. And you know, Leeds weren't great, but they were they were organised and fairly comfortable defensively. They didn't give away hardly any chances. Uh, Ilin Melia didn't have hardly anything to do. And it was a decent performance from the uh, the back four as a, as a unit. I thought Max Werber and um, Robin Cock looked looked safe and organised. And you know the, the the unlikely hero Junior Firpo, he's, he's had a few trials and tribulations. You know, hasn't he, Mark? Since he's been at the club, some dodgy moments defensively, shall we say? But he he uh, even before his his match winning goal, I thought you know I mentioned we were talking about. You know, Leeds players, and he looked one of the the better players, and it was a a steady performance. He was he had some nice 
combinations with Gonto going forward and was was okay at the back. So yeah, it was a really uplifting and a, and a massive moment in in Leeds' Leeds' season on on Saturday. Obviously, uh, crediting the bank straight away for Gracia for getting um, getting his first win. That obviously massively uh, helps. Obviously, dis- you know, disappointed in the in the respect that he'd got his own personal history in the FA Cup, hadn't he? He'd, he'd taken Watford to the to the final just for the uh, second time in the history, I think, a couple, a couple of years back. And it's obviously a competition that means means something to him, and it would have been nice to back him up in his first away first away game. Massive contingent of Leeds fans. I thought they were tremendous all that all night. Six thousand lot of them. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a decent performance going, going forward. There was some you know, lovelier approach player that had chances, but it, it just looked to be one of those nights that I think some um, a body on the radio said later that I think if Leeds was still playing now, uh, they probably wouldn't wouldn't have scored. But uh, I thought they still looked pretty, pretty organised and, and and solid at, at the back. Interesting to see Rasmus Christiansen. He he switched inside to to centre half. Ailing was was obviously a, a right back, and obviously they conceded two goals. But both the goal, goals were, were worldies, weren't they? Really, mm. it wasn't as if Leeds were were opened up, and it, you know it wasn't through bad play from the defence. Even though you know the first goal, it was an error from Tyler Adams in possession. And uh, next, we turn our attention to League One, uh, where Sheffield Wednesday sit three points clear of Plymouth Argyle after their 1-0 win over Charlton Athletic, um, which also set a new club record of 20 matches unbeaten, um, with their next home game uh, being against Peterborough United, who thumped Plymouth uh, 5-2 last time out. Will Darren Moore be wanting to sort of prove the Owls' promotion credentials? I think to be honest, Mark, he just wants to keep keep the foot on the pedal. Really, I mean, if they if they win with style, as they did in the in the recent home game against, I think it was MK Dons, wasn't it? It was a bit of a a, a bit of a you know a goal fest. It was five two in the end. Yeah, ideally he'd want to do it with some style, but it, if it go, if it goes the other way and, it, and it's an arm an arm wrestling Sheffield Wednesday win one nil, I don't think he'll he'll be too bothered. Um, at all, I mean they've done done plenty of that this season. They're just so reassuringly consistent, aren't they, Mark? I mean, obviously twenty twenty games in a season to go unbeaten league, you know, league games. Hmm. You know, you're talking you're not far off half the season there. You know, it's an outstanding feat. I mean, everybody knows about the strength of Sheffield Wednesday squad, what they've got at the, the disposal. But it's it's another tough league one this year. You know, some big clubs as well as Sheffield Wednesday in there. It's it's very competitive as it was last year, and I just think that's tribute to um, you know everyone um, connected with the club. And, you know, on the playing side of more, especially Darren Moore. It's his I think it's second anniversary in charge this week, and then he's really turned it round. Obviously, you know, desperately unfortunate at the end of last season what happened against against Sunderland, but. You know, they dusted themselves down, and uh, you know they've, they've channeled the, the disappointment in a, in a in a positive way. And you, know, you look at Sheffield Wednesday; obviously, they've got some good players, good experienced players. You know, it must almost be at the minute they're just going out there and 
even when they're not the free flowing best, you know, the, the, you know, they're not creating loads of chances. There's that inner sort of belief that they will find a way, you know, whatever it takes to, well, certainly not lose the game, but use, you know, eke out a win. And it's, you know, it's a massive trait for a promotion contender. And, you know, we've said it before on this, on this podcast. It's the old saying that Alex Ferguson used to say that you know strikers win you games, but you know, you know ultimately defenses win you titles. And you know Sheffield Wednesday firmly in the in the box seat. I think it's seven or eight points clear of clear of Ipswich with a game in hand. And you know every every team around them has had a had a you know a decent wobble at some stage, but they've just kept the show on the road. And I, I, I do think it actual a key time in the season was probably just before Christmas when. They had a few um, numbers down. They weren't playing well, but you know, all the other sides in League One, the only Ipswiches, when they've had that little spell, they've lost one or two. You know, even Derby as well recently. You know, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, they ground out some results. I did the game at, at Derby just be- just before Christmas, and you know, got a nil nil there. Don't lose. You know, it just keeps the momentum going. They got a, a draw at, at Exeter. I remember when they weren't didn't play particularly well. And uh, I think a big game in the season was the Oxford one, where it was it was nil nil mm. at Hillsborough and Cameron Dawson, who's obviously been one of the stories of the second half of the season so far. For Wednesday, came in and made a penalty save, and you know I think that was that was just important and just showed how much of a strong jaw Sheffield Wednesday have. They're, they're such a, a tough nut to crack. You know, they seem the sort of sides if you want to take them on in a football match. They're happy to do that and back the cells, but they're also happy to back the cells if it's if it's tough and it's an arm wrestle. And obviously, in the winter, you get you get games like that. And yeah, there must just be such a, a belief there at the minute. And obviously, they're going into the right at the sharp end, the business end of the, of the season. You know, you can just about start to sort of glimpse the the finish line in, in the distance and. I just think it's you know magnificent you know tribute to the work on the training ground from Darren Moore, um, the togetherness he's he's built. He's cause said he's he's not panicked when they had that um, a few games without a win in in December. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a, you know a, fa- a fantastic ju- story, and it's just about finishing off the job now and just doing what they've continuing to do. What they have been doing, not overcomplicate it. I mean, I think they've kept 19 clean sheets in 32 games, which is absolutely remarkable, isn't it? Mm. And um, yeah, it t- a tremendous season so far for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yeah, let's just hope that they can they can finish it, and it's a bit more um, it's a bit more safer, and they avoid the the sort of wobbles that, that Rotherham had this time last year uh, than one or two. Difficult is to get over the line, but looking at Sheffield Wednesday, they, um, I, I think it, it's got the potential to be a lot more straightforward. Yeah, yeah. And uh, next, we turn our attention to Barnsley, who are still in the hunt for a playoff uh, place after their convincing four-one victory at home to Derby County, um, who they leapfrogged in the table um, <laughs> as a result. Um, with a trip to mid-table Bristol Rovers on the cards, will Michael Duff be looking to sort of consolidate uh, the Tykes' position? Yeah, I mean, they're another one we've mentioned. Mentioned Sheffield Wednesday, Mark, on a, on a rich vein of, of form, and 
you know, Barnsley as well, they've won the last four games. I think, I think it's six out of seven. And if you sort of look at uh, the, the League One form table for the last, it must be sort of seven or eight games. Both of them are right at, right at the top. And, you know, it's timing, isn't it? And it's, it's a great time to do it. You're going into the, the business end of the season when the games really matter and, you know, they're, they're full of full of confidence and, and momentum. Um, Michael Duff all season he's he's been really uh, particular about keeping everybody grounded he's, he's not he doesn't look too far ahead you know you look at Barnsley's games this month obviously um, played Derby to finish February they've got some absolute belters um, in March they've got to play Plymouth at home they've got to go to Wickham they've got Sheffield Wednesday at home they've got Ipswich at home so they're basically the top three at Oakwell so there could be some quarters, a, a, a danger of looking a little bit further down the track, but he won't do that, Michael Duff, consistently all season. He said one half at a time. Let's see if we can win one half of football, come in at half time, readjust things, and then try and win the you know win the other half. And it's been a it's been an approach that's that's paid off. And yeah, they they're looking they're looking good. Good Barnsley, terrific performance. Against against Derby, I didn't cover the game, but by all accounts, you know they were well worthy of the margin of victory and and bullied Derby in many respects in the in the middle of the park in particular. And you know, you, I look at that Barsley side, and there's a there's a fairly strong spine there. You know, you've got the two experienced lads up front in James Norwood and, and Devante Cole. Obviously, Cole got his got his goals at the weekend. Um, they've both made you know important contributions uh, this season and have really bought into what Michael Duff's trying to do. Uh, both work work the socks off and they've got a goal or two in in the locker in midfield as well. I, I look at Barnsley's options there and, and I can't think of too many sides who've got you know better options in mid, in midfield. I mean, probably Sheffield Wednesday are up there as well with the, with the Barons and the and the Byers and, and Will Vaux of this world, but. Very strong in, in the middle, Barnsley. Herbie Kames coming to a, a, a pretty good vein of form at the minute. Luca Connell's had a tremendous season and he, he's proving to be a really good, really good buy. Adam Phillips, one of those midfielders that he loves, is chipping away and getting on the end of things. And you know, he, he's I'm sure he's going to get in double figures in terms of goals um, tally this. Um, this season, you know, there's a really good balance in there. Obviously, John Russell coming as well, who's, who they bought from Huddersfield just before they entered the window. So I like them in the middle of the park. They've got options out wide, Jordan Williams and, and Nicky, Nicky Cadden. And at the back as, as well, you know, they've arguably got the best defender in the in the division in, in Mads Anderson. And there's a really, there's a really strong spine there. I know some people have probably said... You know, in terms of, of the home form, they haven't really got a got a big scout. They got beaten comprehensively by Bolton at the start of the new year. But yeah, they've, they've made a bit of a statement there, Barnsley, and you know, other other teams will be looking at them and, and thinking, well, I hope they could they could have a good a potential chance of of top three here. But as I've said, Duff, what we, the last thing he will do is get carried away. It'll, it'll be all. About Bristol Rovers, the next game, you know, avoiding a an after the Lord Mayor's show performance, if you like, go in there and uh, no, no distractions and 
yeah, it's been considering where they were this time last year, last year, and there's still a few players who were involved in that. Um, you know, obviously the, the the relegation of of last season. Yeah, it must be tremendous for them. You know, the likes of likes of Jordan Jordan Williams and, and Anderson. You know, swapping a, a relegation fight for you know a, a dart at a promotion. It, it just must be a a great environment to be on a, on a day to day level at Barnsley. There's a there's a closeness and a, and a un, unity there. Everyone's on the same page, and um, you know, there'll be confidence, but there won't be won't be arrogance because you know he's a very humble guy, Michael Duff, and he'll as happy as he will, will have been. With events against Derby last week, he'll want to, he'll want to park it, and it's all about um, going again. I think they've done well as well. They've had a little bits of adversity in the season, a couple of runs, at a run in the autumn where a little bit of a sticky patch, struggled to score, a few games without a win. At the start of the new year as well, it's something similar, and uh, Dar- and Derby Barnes they answered a few questions in that regard, and. Um, yeah, and and they're doing it, doing it again, and they've, you know, they're really a real form form horse in this division, and they've got some very good players. Mm-hmm. And uh, in League Two, uh, we first head to the Yorkshire Derby, where Bradford City came out one 0 winners over Doncaster Rovers, um, with another goal from uh, Andy Cook uh, was enough to give the Bantams the victory in the close encounter, and take them one place and one point outside the playoffs. Um, this was then followed up by a two 0 victory away at Gillingham that took uh, them up to sixth in the league. Um, in spite of these wins, do Bradford? Um, sort of still have to find more consistency if they're to make the playoffs, Leon. Yes, I, I, I would, I would agree with you there, Mark. But they're, they're, they're slipping into where you know we talked about Barnsley, we've talked about Sheffield Wednesday. You know, Bradford are a side who are just slipping into the right form, uh, right type of form. You know, when when it matters, I remember Steve Bruce always used to say. Don't look at league tables and, until the daffodils come out. <laughs> Obviously, you know that's when they really, really sort of take take shake and, and things start to happen. And so, you know, Bradford, are, you know, psychologically got a tremendous win at uh, Gillingham in, in in midweek. You know, going going all that a long away trip on a you know a, a cold night at the at the end of February is a test for. For any you know promotion aspirant, and you know even fair to say as well, even though Gillingham was struggling, they've they've had a have a, had a bit of an upturn since January. They put quite a lot of money in there. They were in a, a, a dodgy position towards the the bottom of the table, but they put some money in there and they've got some got some results and pulled away from trouble. So that was a tough game for um, for Bradford, but. You know, negotiated in, in masterful fashion, and, and a couple of a couple of really good goals, and yeah, a good good header from Richie Smallwood to start things off, and then an absolutely outstanding finish from from Andy Cook. If you've, I'd, I'd sort of tell anybody who's tuning into the podcast if they've not seen it to, to have a look at the goal. It was the tremendous um, skill on the touchline, cut, cut inside, and, and a wonderful. Finish and yeah, he's he's doing well. He's cook. I think he's got got five or six goals in the last six or seven games. And you know, there was a bit of controversy when he was, you know, Mark Hughes pulled him out of the side, gave it gave him a breather. And one or two results weren't going Bradford 
Bradford's way, but you know, it seems to have um, uh, galvanised Cook and given him a, a bit of a spark. I mean, there's obviously things about his contract. He's out of contract this this summer, trying to earn a, 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 a another deal. I think I think he's thirty one, thirty two now, isn't he? Really, but he's you know, psychologically, it's not. It's proving a, a bit of a masterstroke from from Hughes. You know, he's, he's a player's come back and he's 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 hungry and you know really ravenous to get in the goals again and. And he's got some big goals. Obviously, the goal at Gillingham, and and uh, you know, ma- massively important goal for for the the game at Doncaster, as, as you touched upon, Mark. It, you know, it did have the look of a big game, didn't it? In the in the season of, of both sides, have sort of both been consistently inconsistent, haven't they? If, if you like, and you know, it was always going to be a bit more than three points. And you know, Bradford negotiated um, the hurdle. Scored a second half goal, massive away following as well. It was about nearly four thousand there, and yeah, I mean, they're, I think they're on the best run of form. Bradford must be for since about mid autumn. Mm. But as always, with, with Bradford, we've spoken about this, you know, so many times. It's just it is keeping that foot on the pedal and turning that, you know, that, a, a decent run into something that's, you know, uh, could potentially be you know season defining. They won four out of five now. They've got a home game with. With Colchester, and you know, with no disrespect to um, to Colchester, who uh, you know down the, the bottom half of the table, it's the game that if you're a serious promotion contender, you've got to you, you've got to tick off and and uh, and get through. And it's something that Bradford didn't do in the last home game against against Barrow when you know Barrow came with a game plan. They sat deep with a low block, and Bradford just couldn't break them down and. You know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that the Colchester will probably do something very similar. So they've just got to show how much they've, they've learned. But I think the you know the encouraging thing is that players are touched upon cup. But there's more you know more players as well are putting their hand up. You know, Adam Clayton came in in in, in January and he's starting to to make his mark. We've obviously got Jamie Walker, who's back now and shown he's he can be an important player after injury. The young lad Costello had a, had a, his best game for the for the club since joining on loan on, on Saturday at Doncaster. Sam Stubbs as well, you know, he's he's getting developing a partnership with Matty Platt at centre half, and you know, a word as well for you know Emmanuel Osadebi. I was there on the opening day of the season against Doncaster at Bradford, when it you know, was horrific for the lad. He, he suffered a, a double leg break just, just six or seven minutes into his debut, and. Um, you know, it really, it was, it was the defining feature of the, of the game, really. And you know, obviously, went went to hospital. He's he's been fighting back for, uh, to fitness since. You know, I think psychologically, you know, he made his made his comeback as a late sub at Doncaster, and that just uh, provided the the gloss for for, for Bradford. So yeah, they're they're just starting to hit, hit hit form in terms of results and performance at the right time, but. They've just got to got to crack on as far as they've got to do as Sheffield Wednesday have got to do as well. But it's it's really encouraging. Hmm. And uh, following on, um, this result meant uh, this was two successive defeats for Doncaster Rovers uh, after their run of three successive victories. Um, with their chances of a playoff spot still intact, what do Donny have to do to get over the line? I think to be honest, Mark, they don't. Have... Whether they're doing it or not, they don't. 
they just can't really think too far ahead at the minute, Doncaster. They've got to take it on a, you know, sort of game by game, couple of games at a time, and not get sidetracked. I mean, they're, they're in, we've spoken about Bradford being in, inconsistent, but, you know, I think Doncaster's is, is sort of something else. I think that I looked, looked the other day and under Danny Schofield, I think they've played about 18, they've won. It's 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 almost it's almost level really. I think it's eight eight wins and nine losses, something like that. And it's just it's, you just think you're getting a little bit somewhere with Doncaster. A couple of a couple of defeats will will be thrown in, and they just do look. Well, I suppose the league table shows the story. They've still got a little. I suppose if you look at it purely in terms of numbers, they've got a little bit of a sniff at the playoffs. But I, I think it's pretty unlikely to be. To be honest, and you know, it's all about just trying to trying to build a build a club and get an identity again. They've got, I think, they've got eleven or twelve players out of contract again. So there's been a constant turnover of, of players. It'll be another summer where you know, but players will will be coming and going. Uh, they're just struggling for identity in a minute. The, the owners are trying to talking about making the club a, a self sufficient one. There's not much money to spend and and um, sort of doing it by bringing through young players, but you know there's not been too many of those from the from the academy in recent years. And you know there's this talk about getting an identity, but also they want to ultimately they want to get out of out of league league two. And you know it doesn't look like happening this season. And there's there just seems a bit of a, a disconnect there between some some supporters and and the hierarchy there. And obviously it's it's. Danny Schofield is the guy entrusted with with bringing everything together, together again, getting a a new identity and playing style, but also you know a, a winning playing style. And I think he's wrestling with that at, at the moment. And it you know it just seems to be you know taking some time. And um, yeah, I, I think they've just got to try and get some looking at Doncaster, get some form and encouragement going into the into the summer. When when Schofield can really build a side in his in his own him, image, uh, hopefully, and do some shrewd work in the in the transfer market, but funds are, funds are tight. I, mean, I don't like I, said, I don't see them getting in the playoffs this season unless they have a real, you know, really strong run at the, at the, in, the in the final few months of the of the season. But it's it looks you know unlikely for me at the minute. Mm. And uh, finally for this week, we head to Harrogate Town, who ended February with a one-all draw when they welcomed Northampton Town. And having taken seven points from their seven games in February, uh, they sit five points above the bottom two, uh, but still precariously close to the foot of the table. Um, Do you think that they'll be able to find enough consistency to stay out of trouble um, uh, as the season goes on, Leon? I think it'll be a nervy ride, Mark. I'll I'll have to be honest. They just mentioned you know a few times on the pod in, in the last few weeks. They were no side. We just they're just chipping away, aren't they? Obviously, they drew against Northampton in in midweek. You know, not the not the worst point. Obviously, they're at home, but you know, Northampton are they've got aspirations at the top end of the table. But I suppose probably the most significant development would have been. You know, Harrogate getting in and finding out that, that Crawley had, had lost it at, at Tranmere. Obviously, Crawley are one of the few sides below them. They've got a couple of games in, in hand. So, 
when you when you sort of boil it down, it's one point that they picked up on Crawley, and they've just got a thing like that, haven't they? Just it's all about that that mini league at, at the bottom, you know, the Crawley Hartlepool, and uh, I mean Rochdale look like they've they uh, might just have might just be be going to be quite honest, but yeah, I mean they've proved what you can say if you're being positive, they're proving hard to beat. Harrogate of late, I think they've drawn four of the last five. Even though they haven't, they haven't, um, haven't won any of those games. They've, they've only, they've only lost one. I suppose it, you, know, you can turn the statistics around and say one win in twelve. But um, they're just about keeping the heads above, above water, aren't they? Mark? That's that's probably the the safest thing to say. They've got a big game against Gillingham, who uh, obviously we spoke about them earlier, but we're down there at home on, on Saturday but when you're looking forward massive massive game in um, in a couple of weeks time at, at Crawley that looks to be um, looking at Harrogate season and the time since they've been uh, you know in the football league that looks to be one of the the, the biggest games that they'll probably probably face so yeah it's a it's a, a nervy time a test of character They've got some senior professionals in there, you know, the likes of, you know, Anthony O'Connor, Levi Sutton, Josh Falkingham. They're going to need all that ex- experience in the in the games and weeks to come, and and, and certainly in in that game. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Leon Mobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.